sanctuary amen? amen it's such a wonderful experience for God's people to come and worship the Lord in spirit and in truth and we want to welcome everyone here today and uh, there is a gentleman that has traveled far and he has been with us here for I would say about a year almost a year and his name is William Martin. Where is William Martin? Where is William Martin? Can you stand, please, sir? William Martin. Now, he's a distinguished gentleman. Amen? 
Amen. And uh, we just want to, I know that this week uh, you're going to be celebrating a birthday on Wednesday. <laughs> I won't ask you how old you are, <laughs> but we just want to say happy birthday to you. Amen. Amen. You want to tell me how old? <laughs> oh, you're proud of it. <laughs> eight, eight, mercy. Amen. 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 Now I want you to know that's that's a prophetic that's a prophetic age, and he doesn't look eighty. You look around maybe fifty. <laughs> but we want to wish you a happy birthday. And to all the other birthday celebrants, we wish you happy birthday. But this is a this is a special one. 80 years old. When you get there, you have to say, Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. As we come uh, this uh, morning, we want to um, welcome each and every one of you uh, visitors. Um, we welcome you once again in the house of God. Um, next week, I just want to make sure that we have this um, in your minds. Next week, we will not be having church here. Next week, Sabbath, we will not be having church here at Abundant Life. All roads, all our churches in the area will be going to Cashman Fields. And we are going to be having a global church. Everyone will be coming together from Mountain View, Paradise, a new life, abundant life, all across. They will be coming in all different uh, uh, colors. We will be coming representing uh, Christ as we come to worship Christ. Amen? And so we want you to know that please... Do not lose this in your bulletin. This gives your directions to Cashman's, right? And uh, we want to be fellowshipping there. Now, next week, this coming Friday evening, this coming Friday evening at the Abundant Life Church, uh, Pastor Hall and the youth will be coming here for a youth rally. And we have some powerful speakers that's going to be here on Friday evening at Abundant Life. Friday evening at Abundant Life. The youth will be rallying, coming together here at Abundant Life on Friday at 7 o'clock. And so we're asking everyone to come out. But the next day, we will be meeting at Cashman's. And so we want everyone to be there and to enjoy with us. And this is a whole day affair. We will be having seminars and different things that to, to help you on your Christian journey. Amen? And so as we come today, it's such a great joy to be brought in God's temple. Amen. Amen? Amen? And God, when God calls his people, he wants us all to come together and worship him. Worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so at this time, I'm going to ask you to turn to our open scripture. Our scripture for this morning is taken from Genesis chapter 35, verses 1 through 7. When you have found it, I'm asking you to say amen. And I'm going to ask the church to stand as we read this scripture. Genesis chapter 35, verse 1, verse 1 to 7. Genesis chapter 35, verse 1 to 7. All right. I'm still hearing the pages turning. We want to welcome our online audience. Stay tuned. We pray that the blessings that we receive here, you will receive there, wherever you are, in your living room, in your bedroom, in your hotel room. We welcome you. Genesis chapter 35 Verse 1 to 7. Verse 1, And the Lord said unto Jacob, Arise and go to Bethel, and dwell there, and make there an altar unto the Lord, that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household, and to all that was with him, 
put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments and let us arise and go to Bethel and I will make there an altar unto the Lord who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went and they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hands and all the earrings which were in their ears and Jacob hid them under an oak tree which was by Shechem and they journeyed and the terror of the Lord was up on the cities that were round about them and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob and so Jacob came to Luz which is in the land of Canaan that is Bethel he and all the people that was with him and he built there an altar and called the place El Bethel because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother Father in heaven, we just want to thank you so much for your word. We thank you for your power. We thank you, Lord, that you have brought us into this church. You have brought us together, Lord, to experience your presence, to experience the El Betel, the house of God where God dwells. We pray, Father, that as we assemble here, that you will help our minds to focus on what we need to focus on your work in the heavenly sanctuary it is all about you lord and it is all about the work of jesus christ and so we lift up jesus in up in every heart right now and we ask that you will please bless us anoint us prepare us for what you have for us we pray these things in the worthy name of jesus christ our savior and soon coming king amen, amen. please be seated amen We have been studying the series, Thy Kingdom Come, taken from the Lord's Prayer, the Lord praying for his kingdom to come on earth, that what is in heaven will be done on earth. And we see over these last few meetings, if you did not note this, we have been looking at the sanctuary and we have seen that the sanctuary reveals the world's God to the world God's plan of salvation number one it reveals the plan of salvation it reveals Jesus our Savior our high priest and our soon coming King it reveals the true nature of God and the Godhead it reveals to us the importance of the Sabbath it reveals the ultimate sacrifice it reveals the atonement and the state of the dead. It reveals to us baptism and renewal. It reveals also the covenant and also the health message. It reveals unto us the judgment of God. It reveals to us the spirit of prophecy. It also reveals to us the law of God and the ten commandments so many doctrines hinge on this very doctrine of the sanctuary within the sanctuary we see all of these things the sanctuary is the central focus of many of our doctrines here as we believe as Christians and so it should not be ignored and so we hope that as we go further uh, into next, uh, this week, uh, tonight, also Sunday night and Wednesday night when we close this out, that you will understand in a stronger way the meaning of the sanctuary and God's plan of salvation for mankind. God has set forth a rescue mission for each and every one of us. And it is my prayer that we will just align ourselves with the plans of God that we will be saved when Jesus Christ comes 
again. Amen? Amen. And so I want you to understand with me now in a real way. We see that this very sanctuary, it is embedded with different symbols of uh, different um, stories, different experience and testimonies that Israel went through. And so we want to, this morning, add a few different components that uh, the scripture talks about. And I want you to, at this time, I want to invite the tribes, the tribes of Israel to come uh, before us. These are the sons of Israel. And I'm going to be calling first, I'm calling for Judah. And I'm calling for Issachar and Zebulun. Judah, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. Now, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun, I'm going to ask you to come over here. The three of you, I'm going to be asking you, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun, I'm asking you to stand right here in the outer coat on that side. Yes, that's right. Just turn around and show yourself to the congregation. All right. Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. And I'm going to be also calling here for on this side for Reuben, Simeon, and Gad. Reuben, Simeon, and Gad. On this side over here, Reuben, Simeon, Simeon, and Gad. Okay? And on this side over here, this represents the north side. I'm going to be asking for Dan, Usher, and Nephtali. Dan and Levi, they're together. And I'll explain to that, uh, you that a little uh, why. Dan, Issachar, and Nephtali. And then I'm going to be calling forth now for Benjamin and from Manasseh and Ephraim, and I want to have Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh to stand. One stands over there, and we could have two over here. And this is just for the purpose of illustration. All right. You could stand just a little further. Yes, you could stand there so that we could see you. And you could stand right up there, the step where you could see you, both of you together. All right. And just hold your signs up. Now, it was very important that when Israel traveled, the tribes were represented. And the tribes, they were placed in a particular order for a reason. And one of the things that we see here that it was for protection, that was one, because they were at war. And it was for protection. But another key reason is that these um, tribes, they were ministers, they were ministries. And so God wanted to, to uh, in a sense, explain even the plan of salvation, even through these various tribes. Now, I quoted the last uh, night the importance of Genesis 49, verse 10. We see in Genesis chapter 49, verse 10, that Jacob called all his sons together and he blessed them. And he showed them the future. He showed them what will be in their future. And he blessed them according to the way they were living. According to the way they were living, they received a blessing. And so remember that in the, the first, the oldest son of Jacob was who? Does anyone know? Who was the oldest son of Jacob? Can anyone guess and tell me who that was? was Reuben? Reuben, you got it. Yes, Reuben was the oldest. And he, the birthright should have been his. But if you remember in Genesis chapter 49, it says that Reuben, you will not receive the birthright because you did what was wrong in that you went up unto thy father's bed and he slept with his father's concubine. Now that's what the scripture tells us. Read it in Genesis chapter 49. Don't stone me, right? And, and so the birthright was passed from Reuben and then the Lord went and he examined the next ones down the line, which was Simeon and Levi. And as they were examined, they did not pass the test. 
Because the Lord says, well, Simeon and Levi, you guys, you guys were too fierce in, in, in your anger because you wiped out a whole city in retaliation for what they did to your sister Dinah. And so the birthright will pass from Simeon and Levi. Where's Simeon and Levi? Well, Levi is here as well. And where's Simeon? Where's Simeon? Simeon is over there. Now, technically, Simeon, these guys are over here, right? You're actually on this side of the, representing this side of the court. So you guys should be over on the outside. Yes, on the outside. Technically, these guys too, they are on, they're standing on the outside. Their camp is on that side, and their camp is over on this side, and so forth. I'm going to explain to you. And so what the Lord is saying, that the birthright passed down from Reuben, it jumped over Simeon, and it jumped over Levi, and guess who it landed on? Where's Judah? Judah. Judah, it came up on Judah. Now, Judah's camp was at this, uh, in this stage on the eastern side, and it was right next to the entrance of the tabernacle. And so these, these ones, he received the birthright, and it is through him in Genesis, uh, in, um, in, in Genesis chapter 49, verse 10, it says, Shiloh shall come through his lineage. So what happened the blessing of the birthright was determining where the Messiah was coming, what lineage the Messiah was coming. When Jacob was selected to be the son of the promise, that meant that the Messiah was going to come through one of his descendants. It was going to come through one of his children. And so the Lord had to determine who am I going to bring my Messiah through? Is it going to be Reuben? Is it, going to be, is it going to be Simeon? Is it going to be Levi? And according to the way they lived, the Lord determined the blessing. And the blessing came down on Judah. And the, the lineage, if you look in the book of Matthew and the book of Luke, you find that the lineage of the Messiah came through Judah. Powerful. What we do in our lifetime makes a difference in terms of our descendants. Some of us, we are sniffing our, our inheritance away. Some of us, we're smoking it away. Some of us are pimping it away. Some of us, we are sinning it away. And I say, well, there are different sins that I can't even describe in the church. And we are washing away our inheritance. The inheritance should have been Reuben, but it passed over him. It should have been Simeon, but it passed over him. It should have been Levi, but it passed over him. And Judah received it. What I'm telling you, what we do in our lifetime determines the destiny of our children. It determines, it determines the destiny of our grandchildren. And you may not see the effects of it here, but when we are in heaven by and by, and if we are redeemed, we will see the true effects of the cancer sin. It is worse than the Ebola virus. And we fear that. It is worse than AIDS. And all of these things we fear. Sin wipes out a whole generation. And some generations, they will not, as you will see, they're not even going to be mentioned in the kingdom of heaven. And I'm going to be going there. But I want you to understand with me that we see here that the, uh, the tabernacle, when the tabernacle was established, they had to set their tents. And so Judah will go and set his tent up here. And then we have Zebulun will go and set his tent up there. And then we have Issachar will set the tent up here on the east side. And that was for protection. And then we understand here on the north side of the tabernacle that we had Dan, Asher, and Nephtali. And some may ask, why is Dan having Levi in the brackets? Now, remember the Levites were who? They were priests. 
The Levites were priests and they had to minister within the congregation. But what happened is that the Levites, they had to live somewhere. And so they live among the Danites, or among the people of Dan. And this was uh, the, the plan and how that worked out. But I want you to look here with me. As these individuals lived with them, there, there is a future for the people of Dan, and there's a future for the people of Levi. And I'm going to come to that. And so we see all of these living in a certain section as protection, and God had a divine purpose for this. Now, how many entrants do we have to the tabernacle? How many entrants? Huh? Oh, no. How many guys? How many entrants? Let, let me see your hand. Anyone knows? Uh, you're saying one, right, brother? Right. One. This is the only entrance. This is the only entrance. Now, I want you to understand. The tabernacle did not have, back then, it didn't have more than one entrance. This was the only entrance. And I want you to understand that this entrance is, 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 it represents Jesus Christ. It represents the Lord. It is only one entrance that comes into this. And I'm going to show you something that the Lamb of God, who is Jesus Christ, He is the entrance. He is the doorway. And you will see that the scripture tells us, and we're going to go through the specifics. He is the doorway. He is the veil. He is the door, and the door that's between the two veils, that is a door. He is the entrance, the only entrance. But we're going to see what God is doing here, where he shows us some of these amazing things, that even though there are one entrance, the Lord is going to do something even greater that we see that these very sons that standing here, they have a future representation. And so when we look in scripture, we see very clearly here that the sons of Jacob had a future even in the latter days in the book of Revelation. We see that in the word, uh, the, in, the, in the ancient temple, tabernacle one entrance but when we go into the book of revelation and we see that that final tabernacle that's going to come down to earth new jerusalem how many entrances do we see 12 entrances 12 entrances and in each of these entrances there is the son the son of Jacob that is over the entrance. There's an entrance that has Nephtali. There's an entrance that has Esher. There's an entrance that has Levi. There is one that has Manasseh. But wait a minute. Manasseh, he wasn't a son of... He was not a son of Jacob. Who was he a son of? Joseph. And we see over there too, where's, where's Ephraim? Ephraim is on that side, right? And he wasn't a son of Jacob. Who was he a son of? Joseph. And it's very interesting that two is added in, and we're wondering why. Now, Joseph, he shares in, he and Ephraim is actually peered up in one. Manasseh sta stands alone, and we see that these are the entrances that is there. And so it's very interesting that Manasseh and Ephraim and Benjamin, they were very closely related. Because who was Benjamin? Huh? He was, ben Manasseh, Benjamin was his Joseph older, uh, younger brother. Okay. <laughs> This one, <laughs> my, my technical crew says, he, you got to move over a little bit here because the, there, there's a complaint on the online, they can't see me. <laughs> is that good? <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> All right. And so what we're seeing here is that there's a close relationship. Now, let me break this down and let these guys sit down. So what we're seeing here is that these tribes that were back then in, in, the, in the ancient Israel, 
they are also redubbed in the book of Revelation. If we read in the book of Revelation chapter 7, we see something very interesting. One of these tribes are missing. One of these tribes are missing from the number. And who is it? Huh? Where are you saying Nephtali, right? <laughs> One of these tribes are missing. So in the book of Revelation, we see that we have the Zebulun. When I call your name, I want you to just lift your card. We have Zebulun, lifted a high. We also have Joseph. Where is Joseph? Joseph is he's going to be represented with Ephraim. So lift that card over there because he and Ephraim, I should have put that on. And then we have Benjamin. Where's Benjamin? Benjamin, lifted high. And then we have Simeon. Where is Simeon? Where is Simeon? Simeon is over there, right? And, where, and then we have Levi. But I'm going to be doing something here. Just for illustration, we have Levi. Just hold that up there. We have Levi. And then we have Issachar. Where is Issachar? Where is Issachar? All right. Hold it very high. You're tall enough. And we have Escher. We have Escher. Where's Escher? You have it up there, right? We have Nephtali. Where's Nephtali? Where, you have it up? Oh, good, good, good. Then we have Manasseh. Manasseh, hold it high. And so we have these tribes that are lifted up. We have, we have these tribes that are And also we have Judah. Where's Judah? Living high. Then we have Reuben and we have Gad. All right. One of these tribes are missing. Who are they? Who is it? Huh? Dan. Dan is not in the final role. Dan does not make it. Something happens why Dan does not make it, and he is not in the final role. Now, if you read the blessing or the curse of, uh, in Genesis chapter 49, you see very clearly it says, Dan, you are like a snake. You are like a snake. When the rider passes by, he bites the horse or the rider and throws the rider off. And so Dan, there is something deceptive about Dan that he did not make it in the final role. He was there in the original role, but in the final role, when the book of Revelation is written, he does not make it. You could be a son of Israel or Jacob, you could be on the members list as a Seventh-day Adventist or a Christian, but something may happen in your life where you turn your back on God and you don't make it in that final row. It is God's will and intention, his original will, that the original sons make it, but because of the way he lived, because of his disobedience, he does not make it on the other side. Amen? Now, people just... Picture all of this. I can't keep these guys up too long, but let's put our hands together for them. You did a great job. You, please be seated. Please be seated. Great job. Keep them. Keep them for now. Keep them as a souvenir. All right. <laughs> and everybody, what we see, God is speaking to our generation even right now. In our text that we read this morning in Genesis chapter 35, it tells us that God is speaking unto Jacob. And God spoke to Jacob back then in his early years of development because God knew what he was going to do uh, through his servant Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, as we have uh, seen here, and one daughter. And Jake, God was telling Jacob, listen, I want you to serve me right because there is a sanctuary that I'm going to establish and it's going to have your descendants all over it. It's going to have your name written over it. And I want you to be a righteous man. I have a plan for you, Jacob. I have a mission for you, Jacob. I have a mission in your community and I want you to live right. I do not want you to have any strange gods 
among you. I want you to worship me, the only God, the creator of heaven and earth, Jacob. And so God came to Jacob and says, listen, I know you had a rough life. I know that you had to run away from your brother, but I want, to, I want you to remember who is the one that brought you through where you had to go through in the wilderness. I brought you to the wilderness experience, and I brought you and I made you who you are. And I want you, Jacob, to remember me. And so God is talking to Jacob now, and he's saying, I want you to go back to the place where you first met me. I want you to go back to Bethel. Sometimes God has to bring you back to where you started for you to know and appreciate the blessings of God. It is important for God's people, for us not to be ungrateful, but to recognize the path of blessing. It is important for us to stop at a certain time, Mike, and look back and see where the Lord has brought you, the adversities that he has brought you through, and who has kept you. It's very important for you to understand this. And so J the Lord is speaking to Jacob. And he says, I want to bless your future. But in order for me to bless you in your future, you need to go back. You need to go back where you started. And so the Lord brings Jacob back to Bethel. And he says, go to Bethel. And I want you to live there. I want you to dwell there. And I want you to make unto me an altar. You see, the Lord was preparing Jacob and his descendants for a future blessing because 400 years far removed from that experience, there will be an altar. And I want that altar, I want you to know that what is up on that altar is going to represent the son of the promise that will come through your son, Judah. And I want you to understand the blessing. Sometimes if we do not understand what God is doing for us right now in this generation, our whole generation might be blighted. We talk about generational curses. They start in our generation. Don't blame your granddaddy for what he has done. Make a change in your generation. Make a change in your generation. I saw this in my life. And in my life, I grew up under strange circumstances. I tell people that I was conceived on, on a seven-day Adventist campus. My mother and father were never married, unfortunately. And I grew up in a very strange circumstances. I grew up with a grandmother here and another grandmother there, spending two years with my mother, five years with my father. Strange circumstances. But when I was 12 years old, the Lord led me to say a prayer and pray, Lord, please help me not to grow in the same way that my grandfather did. Make sure that I don't go in the same way that my father did, that my family Lord, I'm asking you to break the curse. I didn't realize what was happening. I didn't realize what was happening. But so many of us, we sit in our generation or stand in our generation and we blame our present based on the past. We blame the curse and the trials that we're going. We blame the past. Instead of getting up and dusting off and say, listen, I'm not going to make the same mistake that Father Abraham made. I'm going to make a difference in my generation. A generational curse could be broken in your generation if you are determined to allow God to lead in your life. And so Jacob, he did not make any excuses. But he was listening to God and God says, Arise and I want you to go to Bethel and I want you to dwell there, make an altar, that, um, that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of thy brother Esau. And verse 2, And Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods. Be clean and change your garments. I believe God is telling us, this church, Abundant Life, visitors and friends, put away the strange gods. What are you putting above God? Is it your job? Is it your wife? Yes, it could be a strange God. Anything that you put above God becomes an idol. And God does not want us to bow down to anybody or anything. He does not want us to bow down to any jewelry. 
He doesn't want us to bow down to anything, anything that you put before God and it becomes a God to you. And God is saying, put away, put it away. I want you to be clean. And when God was saying clean, he was not just speaking physically clean, and I believe it was so, but he was also speaking that I want you to be spiritually clean. I want you to have a pure mind. I don't want you to be walking zigzag like some of these men with their pants down below, right, our robes below, and I, you know, acting in any strange way. I want you to be clean. I want you to be mentally clean. I want you to be physically clean. I want you to be spiritually clean. I want you, when people look at you, they need to see that you are a child of the king. It's a hard thing. I am telling you, it's a hard thing for us as Seventh-day Adventists. We claim to have the truth. We claim to have the health message. We claim to have all of these wonderful truths. But you look at, each, at each, uh, these, some of these individuals, and I'm talking about me too, and you could clearly see that we're not living according to the promise. And as a result of it, we are in the same category as everybody else. God has given us a truth. He has given us a message. What are we doing with it? Are we sleeping on it? God wants us to put it to practice. And so Jacob, the Lord told him, listen, be clean. I don't want you to be like those heathens. I don't want your garments to look like even any of those. Change your garments. Be clean. And he told his family this, and his family did as the man of God told them to do. And he says, let us arise and go to Bethel, and I will make an altar unto the Lord. Do you have an altar unto the Lord? If you don't have an altar unto the Lord, you have another altar unto someone else. Every single one of us, we have an altar. Every one of us. And it's either unto God or unto the devil. Let's just make it plain. It's one or the other. And we cannot serve two. You always, if, if you say you're serving two, you're actually serving one. Because the last time I checked in the book of Revelation chapter 3, it tells us there's a lukewarm condition. And if you are zig just balancing between the two worlds, that means you're worshiping the devil. God wants us to step out and worship him only. And him only shall we serve. Amen? Amen. And so the Lord says now, he says this very clearly, that Jacob... They took, they gave Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hands, all their earrings that were in their ears. I know that some people, they, 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 you know, there's no big deal walking around with jewelry. And I don't have a problem with you wearing jewelry. I don't. But if the Lord told you to take it off, would you? If the Lord told you, listen, I want you to look different, would you? Right? If God told you, and I, I tell people when it comes to jewelry and studying jewelry, I said, live up to your conviction. You know why you wear it, right? And some of us plain out we wear it because we want to blend in. We want to look like. And so we like, we like to doll ourselves up. You know, we want to look like Barbie and we want to look like Ken, you know? <laughs> And they have the black and white and Chinese versions of that too, right? And so we want to look like them, right? Let's not try to imitate. Let's do what God wants. God created me with a black skin, and I love my black skin. And he gave me a pretty white smile, right? I love it, right? Why should I bleach it out? <laughs> he gave me black, uh, well, not too black, right? Why should I dye it out? Celebrate what I've got. And what I'm saying to us is that God, he does not want us to put any of these things. And so these guys, they gave him all the earrings and everything. And Jacob, he made sure, listen, he hid them. You know what Jacob had to do? In order for someone to hide something, he had to take it up. He had to look two ways. Make sure that none of the grandkids were looking, right? And he hurried, got a shovel, I don't know if it was a stick shovel, and he dug it, and he looked, and he buried it. He hid it. 
If he hid it, that means that he hid it so that no one else could find it. Sometimes fathers and mothers, we got to hide things from our kids. Come on, you didn't get that. We, we got to hide things even. We got to hide certain things from our husband and our wives. Now, please, get me right. I'm not talking about an affair. I'm not talking about anything like that, right? I'm talking about strange gods. I'm talking about things that could curse your family. If you know, if you know that your wife has a, a weakness for a certain thing that would cause destruction to her soul, hide it, husbands. And wives do the same, right? If you know that your husband grew up in a certain environment and he has a slant to certain things, hide these things from him and hide it from your children. That's what Jacob was doing. He took it and he hid it. And so, that's right? Amen. <laughs> and, and, and so as we see this now, as they journeyed, as they journeyed, it says that the terror of God was up on the cities round about and they did not pursue them because they recognized God was with them. When God is with you, who can attack you? When you are walking in God's path, in God's plan for your life, who can attack you? If the Lord tells you, listen, quit your job and write that book, write down that book and put it together, if God is telling you to do that, who could tell you that you should do something else? Do as God tells you to do. If God tells you to quit that other job and go and study, hey, that's God. Do whatever God tells you to do. And you see, when you are journeying, when you're in God's journey for your life, you're in a journey for a purpose. And that's what God is, that what he wants to do for us. And so, folks, I want you to understand very clearly, in all of this, there was a journey for a purpose. And as God was setting up Jacob, he set his family up that these 12 sons that you see standing, that was the future of Jacob. Eventually, the sanctuary developed out of his faithfulness. And his sons, even though they were not perfect, they stood around and camped around the sanctuary. And even when we see in the end of time, in the end of time when the Lord comes back with his sanctuary, the Lord has the sons of Jacob etched, etched in the very temple, the very tabernacle, the sons etched in the very tabernacle of God, New Jerusalem. Each name had a pearl around it. And God said it so. And, and so each and every one, when we see this in the book of Revelation chapter 7, it says that of each tribe there was a ceiling, a representation of people representing these very sons. I want you to know a blessing may start small, but it may end big. And we serve an amazing God. And I'm just speaking to somebody today that came to church. I want you to understand that God, he wants to bless you, he wants to anoint you, and he wants to bring it out in your lifetime, that your generation could be blessed. Amen? Amen. And so the Lord tells uh, the book, the psalmist, in Psalm 77, verse 11, Psalm 77, verse 11, and it says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I remember thy wondrous, thy wonders of old. I will meditate, verse 12, I will meditate also of thy works and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O Lord, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as ours? The way of the Lord, if we want to understand God's way, we need to study the sanctuary. Thy way, O Lord, is in the sanctuary. And it says, Thou art the God, verse 14, Thou art the God that doeth wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Thou with thine arms redeem thy people. The sons of Jacob, jo Jacob and Joseph, Selah. And what we have seen here, these were the sons of Jacob and Joseph. God says, my way, O Lord, is in the sanctuary. Now, one of the things that we see very clearly, that when Jesus Christ, the son of the promise, that came through the, the son of Judah, the, 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 son that, the, the son of Jacob, Judah, we see here the, the, the son of the promise, 
that Jesus, when he came on the scene, Jesus said very clearly in the book of John chapter 14, verse 6, John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one cometh unto the Father but by me. If thy way, O Lord, is in the sanctuary, and Jesus is the high priest, he is the sacrifice, he is the priest, and he's saying, ah, thy way, O Lord, is in the sanctuary, and Jesus is saying, listen, I am the way. There's no one else. There's nowhere else you could get to the Father. I'm the only one. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. There is nothing else. You cannot get to the Father but me. There's only one entrance. And you have to pass through me. That's what Jesus is saying. I am the way. He's saying he's the truth and he is the life. And so Jesus breaks this down now, and we're seeing that very clearly that Jesus, he is the way, he is the door, he is the veil, he is the body. We cannot access, we cannot have access without going through him. The only way we can make it to heaven is to be covered by Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the only way. Jesus is the way. And so we, we see here in the scripture that the, the followers of Jesus, the followers of Jesus in Acts chapter 9 verse 2, they called themselves the way. When Jesus went up in Acts chapter 9 verse 2, they called themselves the way. And it was the way. I don't know if it was the way SDA or the way whatever, but they, they were called the way. Amen. And so we see that very clearly they, they had the, the thought embedded in themselves that Jesus truly was the way to eternal life. As I close out and as I prepare for the baptism, I want everybody to understand that there is a representation. The city, as we see New Jerusalem in Revelation chapter 21, Revelation chapter 21, Verse 10, we see that the Lord is, is, is showing us something that what he started in ancient Israel, he is culminating in this new Jerusalem. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 10, we see, and the Lord says, he carried me in the spirit to a great and high mountain and shew me that great city. Holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her lights was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. In verse 12, we see, it says that, and had a wall great and high, and had 12 gates, and at the gate twelve angels and the name written thereon which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east, on the north, on the south, and on the south the, the west gate, the names of the sons written thereupon. And so we see very clearly what it says in verse 14. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and in them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And so the very 12 apostles, they represent the foundation. 12 pillars that the city rested on, rested up on those one who proclaim the good news, the message of Jesus Christ to a dying world. They represented the foundation of that city. And so we see there further on, as we see in, in Revelation 21, verse 22 and 27, it says, I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And so the Lord and the Lamb, Jesus himself is the temple. He is the temple within that city. And the city had no need for sun, neither of moon, but to, uh, to shine on it. 
didn't have any need. For the glory of God had lightened it. And the lamb is the light thereof. So the lamb is not only, he is not only the temple, but he is the light. We're seeing that, right? Verse 24, and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it, and the gates of it shall be not shut all day. It's going to be a city open all day, for it tells us there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of all nations into it. And there shall be no wise enter into it anything that defiles, neither anything that worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they that are written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Liars cannot enter the city. Anything that defiles cannot enter the city. Only the righteous, only those that are covered can enter that city. And folks, we got to understand what this really means. God is calling his people to come in. God is calling his people to stand up. God is calling his people out of darkness into his marvelous eternal light. God is calling his people into the temple, into Christ. And so as we see this written here in the book of Revelation chapter 21, the very tribes, they represent the gates. Every one of us that will enter the city will go through one of those gates. Are you going to be going through the gate of Reuben? Are you going to be going through the gate of Naphtali or Gad? What gate are you going to go in? We have to go into one of those gates. But as we go into one of those gates, we're going to be standing on the foundation. And the foundation that we stand on will represent, it will represent the very teachings of the apostles, the 12 apostles. This is the foundation. And so folks, I want us to understand, God has made a plan for each and every one of us to be saved. And we don't have to continue living this life of despair in the way we're living it. Christ has made the provision. The Lord has a way into the sanctuary. The Lord says, my way is in the sanctuary. Thy way, O Lord, is in the sanctuary. If you want to come to Christ, you need to come to the sanctuary. If you want a, a change in your life, you need to come to the sanctuary. If you want to have a new direction, you need to come to the sanctuary. You need to experience what only God can give and experience what only he can do. You need to come to the sanctuary. You need to experience the power of God. You know, I fear the, the time when individuals, even perhaps now, will hear that one last sermon. That one last sermon where that person refuses to just say, Lord, I'm surrendering all. That one last message that will be preached. The Lord is calling us at this time and he wants us to experience his blessing. He wants us to experience the purpose that he has for each and every one of us. God is calling us into a relationship. Amen? And folks, it is time. It is time for us to say enough. I've tried everything. I've tried it all. But Lord, today, I'm going to stand for you. Today, Father, I'm going to surrender all to you.
Today is the day that I, I'm, I'm not going to be living in darkness anymore. Today is the day when I'm just going to break loose and come to the Lord and let the Holy Spirit take care of the rest. Amen. Today, the Lord says, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. We see that Jesus is the way maker. We see Jesus truly is the one that led the way for our redemption and our salvation. And so today, everybody, if this is your desire, you want to say, Jesus, I want to respond to you. I don't want anything to stand in my way. I want to stand for you, Lord. I want to surrender my all to you. I'm asking you to simply stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. And say, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Lord, I need you. I need you to come into my life. I want you to change me. I want the blessings and the purpose that you have for me to manifest even now. Lord, please, send forth your anointing on my life. I accept you, Lord. I accept you, Lord. And no other. Today, the Lord is calling someone. He may be even calling an entire family to surrender to Christ. You came to church today and you're right, realizing even now that you need to make some changes, Father. And fathers, you need to lead your family into the kingdom. You need to stand up like Jacob stood up. And you need to tell your family this is what the Lord is telling me. I want to stand for Christ today. I want to surrender my all to Christ today. If this is your desire, I'm inviting you to come. I'm inviting you to come. Deacons, just give a little room. I'm inviting you to come. Candidates, you can come as well. I'm inviting you to come. The Lord is calling you. He's calling fathers. He's calling mothers. He's calling you to surrender all. Jesus is calling you. You want to lead your children into the kingdom. Make a little room. Come over. Just come right in. Just come over. You want to lead your children into the kingdom. And the Lord is calling. The Lord wants you to put away all the strange gods from among you. You have been held down. You have been a victim. A victim of addiction. But you want to stand down and say, Lord, I'm laying it all before you. I can't give up the smoke. I can't give up the drugs. I can't give this up. I'm laying it all down, Lord, right now. I want you in my life. If this is your desire to give it all over to Jesus Christ, break loose. Break loose. Do not let the devil hold you down. Break loose and come to the Lord. Surrender to the Lord. Even now, the Lord is calling you. He's calling somebody. You're standing right now. And you know that you need to come. You need to surrender your life to Christ. God is calling you right now. He's calling some perhaps into a recommitment to recovenant your life. Will you not come? We're about to pray. You want to recovenant your life. Lord is calling you. Come right in. Give room. Give room. Give room. Give room.
Come right in. Come right in. Come right in. Give room. Give room. The Lord is calling you today. As we pray today, you may be thinking of somebody that you are praying for. You want that person in the kingdom of God. You may be going through something right now, even yourself, but you want to lift your hand and you want to lift your hand for that person and you want that anointing in your life. We want to include them in prayer right now. And so, Father, we come before you. Lord, you see the fathers that are standing here. You see the mothers who are standing here, standing, praying for the deliverance of their children. Oh, Father, in a special way, I pray that you will visit these families. Help them to know they can't do it on their own, but it's only through the power and the might of Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that you will just step in and that you will lead these families into the kingdom of God, Lord. You have blessed Jacob and blessed his family that even now we're talking about them, Father. We pray that this same thing will happen for our families, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord, for each and every hand that is lifted up. We are praying for somebody. You know the issues. You know that young man or that young woman or that family or that situation. Lord, I'm just asking for your divine anointing upon that situation even right now. Lord, I'm asking that you will please bless these individuals that stood up, that came forth separating themselves Lord from the world they're standing up for you because they want a renewal they want to be revived they want Jesus Christ in their lives Lord bless this church bless our visitors as they came today father I pray that they will leave blessed knowing that there is a savior that died for them and that loves them and wants to see them in the kingdom of glory Bless those that surrendered their lives online. You know the needs, Lord. We ask that you will please be with those families as well. Thank you again, Lord, for all that you have done. All that you continue to do. For we ask these things in the matchless, the perfect name. The name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Elder Brown.